Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shear in Nishmas Rosenbus, Rahana Ezra. The Shabbos Shabbos and Varchim, Khirish Other, Revenged in a Month. The Shabbos Spash Mishpatim. And most importantly, Pashish Kalam. So we're going to take out two Sifritera. From the first Sifritera that we'll read, Pash Mishpatim, seven Alias. And the second Sifritera, they'll read Pashish Kalam, Kisisa, from after. And the after will be of Shkalam. Parshas Shkolom, Shabbos Shkolom. Some other name, strange name. Money. A shekel. He do required <coughs> to give a shekel. And they were machzirim al they would call out even at the comment to give this Machsa Shekel. But a half a shekel. Not a whole shekel, a half a shekel. Asher the Yarbe Vadal The rich should not add, and the poor person cannot subtract. Everyone had to give exactly half a shekel. Half a shekel. Cheshbon of a half a shekel. The mainstay message of a half a shekel is no person should think that they can bear one complete entity. One should always know that they are half with another person. A person needs to always be part of another person. In order for a Jew to exist to continue to persevere in this world, they need to be joined with another yid. We're not referring to marriage. I'm referring to the fact, the fact that a person has to always understand that there's another person, and there's another yid that also needs and also has to be and also has to coexist. And come what may, whatever the person did, said, or anything that happened with this person we need to embrace, we need to accept and we need to see to it that the person is brought to give it a better a, a acceptance and live the lifestyle with everybody else and this is the concept of Machza Shekel the half a shekel, telling us that we are only a half, we are not, we are not a full entity on our own, and through Avas Yisrael, we complete that shekel, and therefore, when Yidin come together, everybody gives their half a shekel, everybody's, shall we say in America, chipping in, and bringing together the shkolen for the Beis Hamidosh, for the, for the Karbanas. These were used for Karbanas Tibur usually, for the public sacrifices that were bought, that were brought on a daily basis.
how says the Teda do they achieve what do they achieve by giving this half a shekel kisisa esreish b'nei Yisrael in essence what they were doing was there was a, a, a census they would count the Eden through this through half a shekel and F, each half shekel would represent a Jew and therefore they would count another Jew this is how they would count the Eden and know how many Eden there were that's kisisa esreish b'nei Yisrael as you would count the word sisa could mean count but the word sisa basically means to raise up to lift up since the message of the half a shekel is that we have to have we have to be connected to a fellow Jew (coughs) (coughs) sorry and the Torah tells us In order to do so, we need to raise up the head of the Jew. Therefore, the message to us is, in a simple basis, we have to be out there looking out for our fellow Jew. Come what may, however we can or can't, we need to apply ourselves to the embitterment of a fellow Jew. There are those that vigilante style feel that they have to make the embitterment of the, the embitterment of a fellow Jew by embitterment of a fellow Jew. By person knows that this person upset that person, so they go and they attack that person and they hound that person. They blaspheme that person. That's not the way. Everything has to be done through Avas Yisrael. We have to be united on a united front. We have to live on a united front. We have to act on a united front. We have to persevere as a Jewish nation, as one. And therefore, Kisisa Esreish B'nei Yisrael, we have to raise up the head of a fellow Jew and see to it that they do tshuva, that they become where they have to become. And we have to be careful. We need to be careful how we talk and how we act to a fellow Jew. Respectful, with dignity. If you know the person doesn't like to hear certain things, you don't talk about those subjects person doesn't like sarcasm, person doesn't like stupidity, whatever it might be. The main thing is that a person has to live and has to know and has to ex- exude the message, give off the message that I am a, I am a Jew, a terror-loving Jew, not only terror loving, but I live with Das Teda, with Siata Dishmaya, and I live with the dictum of what Teda tells me to live. And when I have a question, I turn to a Rav, I turn to a Das Teda, who can guide me and tell me, and I know that they will guide me, and they will give me the proper direction in which I need to be in. And this comes to Elam Ishpatim. And therefore, 
not always does Mishpatim and Shkolem come out together. But Shkolem itself is either Shabbos Mevarchim Chedish Adar or Shabbos Chedish Adar. We discussed many times the Dalit Parshish, the Halachas of the four Parshish, Shkolem, and Zachir, Para, and Chedish. The connections, how they go, the order, why they're in that order. Shkolem and Zachar are not necessarily one week after the other. Actually, very rarely are they. Shkolem is the Shabbos before Shkedish other, or as we said, Shkedish other, and Zachar is the Shabbos before Purim. Achedish is either a Shkedish other, Nechshedish Nisan, or a Shabbos of Archim Nisan, and part is the Shabbos for Achedish. Those are known as the Dalat Parshis, and therefore they will take out two Sifri Taylor this week. So don't be surprised when you see it. And it's a mitzvah to hear it, but the only one that's really a mitzvah I say to hear it is Zacher. Although there is a day also, opinions that also say Pada is a very important Pasha to hear. Every Pasha in the is important to hear. Not everyone can we get to, not everyone, not everyone lives in the proximity of a proper shul that they just can go in and walk in on Shabbos to the shul. Some of us have to be Bali Mesiris Nefesh and walk a solid mile two mile or two to get to a shul. And Ashrechim, those that have that Mesiris Nefesh, Hashem should bless them, Taka with health, I should bless them with all that their hearts desires, that they bring through every step that they take, schar halicha, the reward for the journey, should be able to, should bring them to to answer all their prayers and all their thoughts. And thereby, as they join a fellow Jew in the shul, and they hear the reading of the Teda, all the brachas that are made on the Teda, and all the brachas, and all the kriyas of Teda, everything that comes about within the Teda should bestow upon them all the blessings, Banachayim, Zen, Ravicha, Kula Ravicha, Zarachayim, Kayama, and children, and health, and marriage, and Shaduchim, and anything that one desires, anything that one needs to daven for. Obviously, we have two mainstay, main f- focus points, that of health and that of Yerushalayim. We should have our health and we should, have, we should be God-fearing. We should be able to look away from Chitzenius, we should be able to look away from outwardly appear- outward appearances, not have to focus on them and say, oh, what did the person look like, what did the person act like, what is the person dressed like, etc.? But rather, just plain a fellow person, a fellow yid. We need to accept and embrace. We go through different tests. We all go through those tests. Some of us have easier tests. Some of us have harder tests. 
and we daven. We daven, and the most important, the most beautiful tefillah is a mespal bad chaveri. person that davens for another. Because when a person, the Gemara tells them, mespal bad chaveri, the sarach leis is daven, who nena tefillah. Brachis. person that davens for another for, for person, and he needs that same bracha, he's answered first. Whether it's Rufu'is, Yeshua's, whether it's Shidduchim um, or children, whatever it might be, one is to be open-minded and open-hearted for a fellow Jew, a fellow Jew's needs, wants, and yearnings. We have a very interesting in Pasha Mishpatim. The Torah goes back again, begins with all the different laws, and then goes back again and talks about Matan Torah. Matan Torah we heard in Pasha Yisrael. And yet here in Mishpatim again it talks about different excerpts of Matan Torah, what happened by the Torah on Sinai. The Kabbalah Satera, Matan Tera, that was given to the Yidin, the Kabbalah Satera, the acceptance of the Tera, that the Yidin accepted on Hasinai, by Hasinai, was twofold. Up until that point in time, there was a major decree, as we discussed before, that Al-Yainim Layardu Lamata, and Tachtenim Layardu Lamayla. There was a mate, there was the separation. What what's above is above, and what is below is below. Nothing from above comes down onto the earth, and nothing from the earth goes up to the heaven. The human physical body, the human physical body, which stays here on this world, either the neshama comes down onto this world. The neshama comes down onto this world because that is the existence of the world. That is the reason for the existence of the world. But the holiness, the sanctity. Kedusha that is above stayed above, and the Kedusha that was here below stayed below. Matan nullified that decree. And the Elyanim, the Kedusha Elyan, HaKadosh Baruch himself, Shekhinah, comes down onto the Matan onto the Mahar Sinai. This is therefore what is spoken in Pajas Yisrael. The Elyanim Yerdu Lamata. The one, the, the Kedusha of above that came down to the world below. Mishpatim in turn, which talks about all the mitzvahs that have to be with the Ben as we know there are three different types of mitzvahs, eight, there are Eidus, Chukim, and Mishpatim. Eidus are testimonial to things that happened to us. Chukim are mitzvahs that we don't have a reason for, and Mishpatim are the mitzvahs Ben Adam that we know and we can understand on ourselves, at us, on our, in our own mind, why we have to do those mitzvahs, and therefore we have the schus, we have the merit of the tera commanding us to do the mitzvah, and therefore gives us that extra sanctity in, when we do that mitzvah. So the pasuk again brings down in Shpatim vayavei meishi v'seicha onan vayal lahor. He came into the cloud and he went up onto the mountain. 
Rashi explains ananze kmeoshanu. It's like a a fog, a cloud, smoke. And they wish to make for Mesha a shvil, a pathway within it. What is this? Is a le- what, is, what kind of lesson is this for us? Why do we have to know about this at all? Why is it relevant? Everything that happens in the Teda, everything that's said in the Teda, mentioned in the Teda, is relevant to our daily life. What actually trans- transpired here, spiritually speaking? Just like a cloud, a smoke, physical, is usually brought about because something that we are burning, something to have a whole cloud of smoke. Same as well is when it comes to spiritual cloud of smoke. It's the Veda of the Yidin to therefore see to it that they make this into a physical worldly thing and they become united and they unite this with godliness person that is involved in such Aveda in doing such things could perhaps suspect perhaps think and this is going to bring him down. This is going to bring down his neshama. Because you're getting dirty from the, from the soot and from the smoke and from the, everything else, physical world. And we know that El Trevi brings down If somebody rolls in the dust with a dirty person with a manuval, they too become dirty. So the person, therefore, is concerned. Do I want to go into this cloud and to elevate it, to purify it? I'm going to be tainted from it. Therefore, Rashi tells us, what is Anan, what is a cloud? It's Kimin Oshanahu. It's similar, it's a type of a smoke. The physical dirt of the world, the worldly dirt, which hides and conceals godliness, it's only like a cloud. It looks from the outside alone. Only when you look at it from the outside, it looks like it's clouded. But the truth of the matter is, this hidden part this concealment in the world is in order to bring about, about an addition to the light of Kedusha. And therefore the truth of the matter is, it's not only Anan, not only Anan, the cloud here is not a soot filled smoke which will taint and dirty things. It can't even make anything dirty, Chazashom. It's also like a Baruch What did they wish to make for Mesha? A Shvil. He made a Shvil within here, a path to go through. So this as well, this depictment of the 
dirt that's made as a form, kimin ashan, it had nothing to do with the beginning of Mesha. Mesha is the neshama of every Jew. Each Jew has a spark of Mesha within him. And this is the Yechidah Sheba Nefesh. We have five parts, the Nefesh, Ruach, Hashem, Mechai, Yechidah. The Yechidah of the Nefesh, which is always there, and always connected, and always believes in God. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch makes a Shvil, that it doesn't touch him at all. It doesn't affect him whatsoever. And just like Meshit took the Tera on Sinai, Dafke, by going through the Shvil within the cloud, same as well is the Aveda of each and every person, each and every Jew, Dafke through his Aveda of purifying, of elevating, of cleansing the world, that's how they are Mechabal the Tera Bishlemus. That's how they are fully. And that's a dedication and devotion that one needs to always apply and one needs to always live with so that one does not walk away feeling that they were tainted by going through and entering into this pathway, into this lifestyle. The lifestyle of Tera, which is the the way that we're supposed to live which is the way we're supposed to exist. Pashashkolom, we said, tells us about the other half of our existence, the fellow Jew. Taylor tells us in Mishpat, amongst the many laws, V'chadalta ma'azivli azav tazav imei. one needs to help the persons walking with his donkey a laden donkey and the laden donkey needs to get unburdened but the person can only do it at a certain speed how fast can a person work but the donkey is collapsing under its load so therefore if you see a fellow Jew in such a predicament one should immediately help him unload Rashi says, "Azev tazev imeichuli." Sometimes pamim shata chedel, pamim shata is. Sometimes you leave, and sometimes you help. Okay, so how does it work? Zokin veinu the fikvede v'chadalta. An elder that cannot, it's not his, not respectable for him to go unload donkeys. We'll have to pass up on that. Aybehem is nachri or a nanju. Masay shay Yisrael. He's carrying a load of a Jewish a Jewish produce, Jewish um, Jewish load belonging to a Jew, but it belongs, but it's a guy and the guy's thing. You don't necessarily have to help. The source of these things, of these words. And the Pasuk and brings down an example. If there was a Kayan 
if there was something in the cemetery they had to have they needed help and a Kayan was walking by he too could not become desecrate he cannot desecrate himself he cannot become Tomei in the cemetery going into helping in the cemetery so why does Rashi omit that why does Rashi not talk about the Kayan as well way of a, of a hint Pimius. the Bashem says on this Pasuk you will see the donkey of your enemy and you will, hold, you will refrain from helping him perhaps you will say That there's a support system, a a a, a, a nutrients for the chaymer aguf, for the physical mundane part of the body. Ozef to help him. Adrama. We need to work together with the body to elevate it, to purify it. Not to say, eh. The main points, the mainstay of my life is my neshama, and therefore the body doesn't really matter. See, goofing, I can fast, I can this, I can that. I don't have to worry. I don't have to concern myself, my physical mundane appearance, my physical appearance, my physical health, my physical existence. Main thing is the neshama to make sure the neshama tahir is purified. This is how he explains the Ramaz the If there was a Kayan in, in, amongst graves, do not sanctify, should not, should not make himself, he should not desecrate, he should not make himself tummy. Through the sins, person ends up being Akvaris. Through the person doing sins, they end up in a level of like they've been amongst graves, which is the place of death and impurity. And this way, the Kayan, which is the Nevishali Kis, we tell him, Ayitami, don't become impure. For the Nevishali Kis, even whilst the person is sinning, Al-Tarebbe says in Tanya Perechav Talit, Haise Ba'omna Ita Yisbarach is still in total belief with Eivishtah. And it doesn't go it doesn't go down between the graves. Therefore, Rashi does not bring down the Salach in its Pirish. Because according to the Rashi, it's impossible in, at all for a person, a Yid, even a physical body, a Chamer, to go down to such a level, to stoop down to such a level, and thereby being called between the Kvaris, which is the Misa, eulogies, which have no way of repairing. Because the body of a Jew as well is, is holy, and therefore always has a way to be fixed, and not just to be buried. It has a way for Tikkun.
Pasha begins ironically. We have all the different mitzvahs that we talk about, Tera. Veda Mishpatim These are the Mishpatim that we should put before them. Kisik Mevadivi. When you purchase a Jewish slave, out of all the mitzvahs that are brought down in the Pasha, all the mitzvahs that the Pasha discusses in the Tera, the mitzvah that it begins with, the first mitzvah on the list, as we say, fifty-three mitzvahs, I say. Sorry, fifty-three mitzvahs in this parsha, twenty-four I say, and twenty-nine lays I say. 24 mitzvahs that we have to do and 29 that we need to refrain. What does it start with? It starts with Kisik Ne'evadibri. When you will purchase a Jewish slave. Quite a mitzvah. What happens? person Rahman al-Islam has no money or a person Rahman al-Islam was stealing And they can't pay back what they took. The way they either spent it already, or lost it, or broke it, or whatever it was. They're brought up onto the block, onto the slave block, and they're sold. However, when one buys a slave, one needs to know they have the maximum um, usage of this slave is six years. Six years. After that, so Shemitah, you have to always let the slave go. If you bought a slave the year before Shemitah, you're going to have him only for a year. Slavery is a pretty decent life. It's either a slave, and obviously, needless to say, the average person does not want to be a slave by somebody else in someone's household or whatever. Although anyone that has to go to work for somebody else is a slave. We don't hear about a domestic slave. The person is literally a slave in the house. They do all the chores, the menial chores and everything else. So if you bought him right before Shemitah, the person left. What happens at the end of Shemitah? Come Shemitah and the person says, I don't want to leave. Ahavti Sadini, I love my master. Taylor tells us a very interesting law, how to deal with that. He's taken to the doorpost, and they pierce his ear, and he stays until Yevil. We discussed all these things already also. Why the ear, the ear that heard that God say that that you're my slaves. Marzea, they use the Marzea to make the hole. Marzea is gematria 400. The miracle value is 400. 400 years we were in servitude already. We were slaves in Egypt. 
reminding us again about the 400 years that we served, and that was all that God wanted us to serve. God did not want us any longer to be servants except to serve Him Himself. Unfortunately, because of sins of the Jewish nation, we are once again wandering in exile in Golis. Can we enjoy Golis? No. Um, can we make a silka? Can we make a wedding and a mitzvah and music? Can we listen to music? Yes. Chukatlula. Excuse me. If you're not, if you're in Golis, we should be walking around in 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 sacks and rags and moping and bemoaning our situation on a constant basis. What gives us the leeway, shall we say, air quotes, to live in a nice house, to go on a vacation, to eat nice good foods, rich foods. What's the... Where does it come in? We're in Golos. We need to be a Golos Yid. We need to feel the Golos. We need to feel that we're away, we're torn away from our Father in Heaven. What brings us, what gives us the audacity of going out and living a life? This is the time in Golos, as we believe every day. We say Animamim b'Munashleima b'Vias Hamashiach. We believe every day Mashiach is going to come. This is now the time we pave the road for Mashiach. This is now the time that we amass the Teda and the Mitzvahs, so that we can devote ourselves, so we can dedicate ourselves. And we can connect with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. And thereby, when Mashiach comes today, we have that bag of mitzvahs, that knowledge of Tera that we have amassed over the course of the years. When Mashiach comes, the spiritual level of the world is much higher. And obviously there are many different things that we'll still be able to achieve. But we will not be able to achieve, when Mashiach comes, what we can achieve today. What we achieve in Golos, a Golos Yid, who is deprived of the actual sanctity, Kedusha, in a visionary fashion, we don't see Kedusha on the streets, we see the mundane life of the world, 
fancy houses, fancy cars, rich foods. But we need to take each and every one of these things and elevate them and purify them. Granted, I don't have the car I'd like to have. I drive a Mazda Chvesishvas. I'd rather have a, a Cadillac. I drive a Cadillac and I'd rather have a Chvesa, Tesla, Rolls Royce, a Bentley. No matter what level I'm at. Oh, I'd like to have all those features and all those things where the car drives by itself and the mirrors open and close and, and the, the, uh, the windshield wipers go on automatically when it starts to rain and the, uh, so many things today that we just don't want to have to do anything anymore. We just want everything to happen for ourselves, by itself. Each and every one of these things, whether it be technology, whether it be food, cuisine, drink, we need to use, to apply, and to elevate. Food covered Shabbos Kedesh, food covered that I should be able to have strength to serve Hashem. Not even the food, it's just because I like it. sushi. I won't even translate that. Um, yeah, person wants a good rib steak. But I want a good rib steak in order that I should have kayach to be able to serve Hashem. I make a bracha before I eat it. I mean, of course, if it's not middle of a meal where you washed. And I make a bracha after I finish it. If I wash them, I bench. If I don't, I say, uh, whatever it is, a bit of a I'll from whatever else, the side dish you might have eaten. Or on the other hand, a person could sit down and have a, a big juicy steak with mashed potatoes and chveshivas, and mushrooms, and string beans, and salad. And make the eights, and make the adama, whatever you have to make, and make the shahako, and the steak, and the givaldik. When you finish this meal, you are sated, and you're, oh, that was good, and you're still with the toothpick in your teeth. You make a bed in the Small little bracha afterwards. Bed in the You don't even make bechas mein shalish alamicha because you didn't have any bread. You didn't have, you didn't have any cake with it or, or something with dough or anything. Just made everything shahakles or eats adama. It becomes a bed in the You didn't need fruits from the shivaminim. You don't have to make alapetas. <coughs> Mind boggling. Mind-boggling. With this small bait in a fashis, with these berachas that you made before, you are elevating these 
foods that you consumed, and even though you enjoyed it, as much as you may have enjoyed it, you're elevating them to a level now where they become one with Hashem. Because you ate it, the Shem Shemayim, and you made a bracha before and a bracha after. Mm-hmm. Such a simple, mundane golos act, shall we say. And yet, this is how we prepare ourselves in this golos. We are golos, Eden. At the moment, we are in exile. At the moment, we are putting up with everything that the exile has to serve us. Every so often, the generations roll and they roll with the punches. Literally so. Only a short 80 years ago, 75, 80 years ago, Eden were literally being put into gas chambers, killed and burnt. We came to the beautiful country of America, America, so the freedom of America, the Statue of Liberty embracing every one of us as we arrived. Give me a poor, give me a this, give me a yes. Yeah, thank you, Hashem. We are now in a free country. Divided in this free country, people are getting, shuls are being shot up, people are being attacked in the streets, people are being literally having having words hurled at them abusive words and hurtful words and painful words the anti-semitic attack I'm not going to go into any other ethnicity any other ethnic group, what they are subjected to, what they live by, what they go through. We, our Yidin, our Ambene Yisrael, who proudly walk, boasting their beard, their payas, their yarmulke, their tzitzes out, the women dressing modestly. Very interesting. My daughter-in-law went back to New Zealand. And Ashlucham um, in New Zealand, they don't have that many amenities that we have over here. As a matter of fact, they're pretty much depleted of anything normal. Baruch Hashem, my son, shechts his own chickens. But they do get things from Australia. Obviously, the prices are very, very steep shipping costs, etc. And that's if the New Zealand customs are in a good mood that day and let everything go through. She went with her infant. She traveled with her infant. But, because they had to pay for a seat for the infant, whatever it was, she was entitled to two luggage and the baby was entitled to two pieces of luggage. Generally, luggage, today's day and age, I believe it has to be 50 or 53 pounds max. After that, it's called overweight. 
he showed up at the airport, and you put your suitcase down, the guy says, you're overweight, and I said, you're disgusting, you talk to me, talk, talk to me like that, how did you say that to me, I'm on a diet, I'm trying to lose weight, why are you disgracing me, why are you making fun of me, the person looks at you, with this crooked face, and said, what? You said I'm overweight! And some people will just start laughing, saying, no, I'm referring to the suitcase, and some people will say, I don't know what you're talking about. Because that's today's world. Kitzer, our suitcases were 70 pounds each. They came to the airport, and the woman, the young woman that was um, dealing or checking her in, was of, I believe, Muslim descent. She was dressed in that garb. And by dressing in that garb, we know that she must be a Muslim. And here's my wife and my daughter-in-law. Neither of them wear yarmulkes or tzitzis. It doesn't say stamped on their passports they're Jews. Well, my wife's not traveling, but my daughter-in-law and my granddaughter. It doesn't say Jew, it just says their names. But this woman understood that these are Jewish people. And therefore, I guess this particular woman felt a certain compassion for to compensate what goes on in other places where the Jews are being attacked, especially by her race. And she was being very, very accommodating. And she just told, she's apparently a supervisor. And she told one of the guys, okay, get this luggage through. And the guy said, but that's 70 pounds. This is way off the charts. And she said, go, let them through. She's traveling business. She wasn't traveling business. She's traveling premium economy. She's a traveling business, she's allowed to take 70 pounds, which is not true anyway. And the guy had no choice but to listen to her. She signed off on it, and everything just went through. Mind you, they charge a lot of money for overweight. They charge by the pound. So this extra um, 80 pounds should have been minimum minimum of three four $400. Which Ashtuchim is beyond beyond their budget, to say the least. But yet, woman said, let it through. And it went through, Baruch Hashem. And it arrived all in one piece, in the Zealand Gesundheit. And they have, Baruch Hashem, now they're not fully stocked, but they have, Baruch Hashem, some things that they didn't have until now that they can only get in America. Baruch Hashem. This is the Golos that we are in today. We are in this Golos and we are reminded constantly whether someone treats us nicely because we're Jewish and they're trying to feel bad for the oppressed nation that we are or whether someone treats us anti-Semitically 
and attacks us in the street and attacks us shuls and, attack, and puts SWAT stickers on mitzvah tanks, etc., etc. Writes the word Palestine across the mitzvah tank to show us, I'm going to teach you that you don't belong here. But no, we don't belong in this Golas. We belong in the Geula Amitis Hashlema. We belong in the exile. We belong in the redemption. We belong with Mashiach Tzikainu back in Eretz Yisrael and Atzina Agdesha. At the moment, we have the opportunity to be in Golas. How is it an opportunity? It's a painful, painful time. We're deprived of the spirituality. We're deprived of the glory of God. We want to see, we want to bask in this glory once again, going to the Vesamidash. We want to be able to bring karbana, sacrifices to the Abishna. And the interim we have, Tvila's Bekabana Stiknum. Tvila, Davening, is established in the play, instead of the karbanas. And therefore we are obligated to sit and to daven three times a day, Men three times a day, women should daven twice a day if they can, shachas and mincha at least. If women daven mayrev, ashrehem, ashrehen, blessed are they, make the, their prayers all be answered to good and open goodness, not just accepted goodness, but it should really, really be good for them health and wealth, shidduchim and children, nachas. It's a time of gullus where we don't understand, we don't have the capacity to grasp and to figure out exactly what spirituality even means. But we need to apply ourselves. We need to Emphasize in the time of Golas, Dafka in the time of Golas, how we elevate each and every spark that still remains in this Golas. So that Mashiach Tzidkenu comes, the world will be at a totally purified stage. And when we stand before Mashiach, we will have all the mitzvahs and the kalim and the vessels that we prepared ready and, ready and loaded, as we say. This is what the person needs to do during the time of Golos. So the question remains still, Kisik Nevet Ivri, what is the tale that the parish is starting off with, talking about all the mitzvahs that's going to mention, the purchasing of a Jewish slave. So Rashi has a different problem. Rashi, the champion of the Chamash Mikra, says, Kisik Nevet Ivri, you buy a, purchase a Jewish servant, Evet Shehu Ivri. A servant that's a Jew. Rashi, really? Excuse me, Evid Ivri means an Evid Ivri, a Jewish servant. Why are you translating it for me? So Rashi continues. Maybe that's not the case. El Ivri, the servant of a Jew. Evid Kinani. A non-Jewish servant that was taken from a Jew. Talmud Leimar. Pasik says, He will be sold to you, your brother, the Jew, 
Leamarti Elabachicha, I spoke about only Achicha, your brother. Referring to a fellow Jew. Many different Mefarshim are very baffled by this Rashi. One of them is a Mefarish called Divrei David. Taz wrote it. Since Stam Eved Ivri anywhere else means in Eved Ivri, it means he's Jewish, why is Rashi all of a sudden asking? Maybe it means a non-Jewish servant that was bought from a Jew. Where does the question even come to play? And a lot of different Mephoshim ask in that vein, in that, in the, on that line, in that way. The simple explanation, because Rashi talks in Chomesh Namiku style, he talks to the simple little child. This commandment to the Bnei Yisrael took place right after they left Egypt and the splitting of the, of the sea, of the Reed Sea. No. There was not one Jew that walked out of Egypt without a donkey or donkeys loaded up with gold and silver from the Egyptians. The Jews at that point, and then when he came to Kriyas Yamsuf, the Bizas Hayam, the the, the chariots of the Egyptians were, were decorated with all different gold, silver, ornate different things. And this was all spit out in front of the Jews by their feet. And they took by the business Hayam more than they took out of Egypt. They were rich. They were very, very rich. Just for the record, I don't like the expression filthy rich. But on the other, and over here especially, because here it was all pure. So they were very, very rich. And I'm telling you, what happens if, God forbid, a Jew is very poor and doesn't have any money and he has to sell himself as a slave? Or if God says, he, he was caught stealing and has to be sold as a slave? How can I fathom with all this wealth surrounding me that there's such a concept or there ever will be such a concept of a poor Jew, Rahman al-Islam? Therefore the tale is telling us Evet Ivri, it's a Jewish servant And here he explains Avdeshul Ivri. He wants to explain that it means the servant of a Jew maybe. He says, no. Terah writes, since the Torah wrote, Ki Machalacha Eved Ha'ivri, we sold to you the Eved Ha'ivri. We know from there that it's a Chicha and that it's an Eved Ivri. And that unfortunately there is going to be a time where Chas Rachman al 
even those Jews that were as wealthy as they were, from all that they had, all the business I am, and all the riches of Mitzrayim, even those Jews of one of the Tzlam, will suffer, if we don't do, in the Chukai if we keep the mitzvahs and the chukim, then yes, everything is satik yishmech and beat them. But if Rachman al-Islam chas Shalom one doesn't, then chas Shalom someone, one will fall into poverty. And one will be sold as a slave. As we all find ourselves as slaves today, to our, even, the, even the big bosses are slaves to their own businesses. Even the, and obviously the people that are working for them are slaves to them. Maybe she should help that we should all understand that we are only slaves to God Almighty and that's where servitude will start that's where servitude will finish and that's where we will go to the Amen. <laughs>